0: The Around the NFL podcast.
1: The seasons feel longer and longer. (laughs) They do, because they are. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Heroes here, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. What is up, men?
2: Yeah, this used to be the last week of the season. Now it's the second to last. Our calendars are off. But I heard a theory this week that I like, that the second to last week of the season is the best week of the season. It's when the most things are decided. I have something from the research notes. Mark Sessler. Let us know. I'll tee you up on this.
1: All right. Despite bills bengals being the only game where both teams are currently in playoff position, 15 of 16 games have direct playoff implications, where at least one team can still make the playoffs, win a division title, earn a higher seed, or clinch a playoff bye, but has not done so yet. Arizona-Atlanta is the only game that does not qualify.
3: I think there is a tangible difference from when we started this show. I mean, obviously, this is what the league wanted. I'm not sure that this is, like, the exact thing they wanted, where a lot of these teams are alive because there aren't Titanic kind of dynasties hanging out there at this point. But in the past, we would have four or five games in a week like this where both sides were sort of trash bag operations. And that's just not the case with any one of these games but one.
1: Well said, Mark.
3: And I feel like some of these teams, like remember when you're a kid, yeah, and you have like um someone sleeps over at your house, like a, during a Christmas break or something. Sleepover, and they yeah. stay like yeah, sleepover. They stay like a eight hours too long, and right. you're kind of like let's get this guy out of here. It's like Denver right. Broncos. You're still in my living room eating my food.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like Go um on. and then the kid is like, hey, why don't we do another sleepover? Like I ah, know. how about you get your mom over here? <laughs> Friendship's fine. Yeah, but we just need a little let's refresh. Know, let's let's breathe a little bit. Should we get into the games before talking about uh Greg Rosenthal's Jobsian uh, mock turtleneck? This just it's,
2: it's riding a little high. It's just right up sweat. there.
3: Is that a mock turtleneck? It's I mean,
1: got, it couldn't
2: be it's not any a mock turtleneck, It could mock mock be mock any turtleneck. different than a mock turtleneck. It's it, a plain It's a little cover. higher on the neck than typical. It,
3: it's it's snug. Maybe
2: like bunching up or something, yeah.
3: I mean, it's that time of year I feel like LA. he's going to have
1: yeah. really deep, incisive uh iconoclast takes.
3: Based on the fashion selection. Yeah, like a
1: Jobsian
2: way. Right. I'm going to have regrets about being a bad dad to like my first child. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Steve Jobs
1: taking fire. All right, let's get to it. As we always do. We start with the primetime games before we get to our draft. First up, Sunday night football, Pittsburgh Steelers, seven and eight, but not your typical seven and eight. They are a seven and eight team. Feeling itself right now, and they go to Baltimore to get the Ravens here. Ten and five Ravens have clinched a playoff spot. Um, They're still trying to win the AFC North, so they have a lot to play for here. Uh, But, Greg, it is the Steelers that have been coming on in recent weeks, and this feels like it's going to be a close game, doesn't it?
2: I think so. It was – Just a month ago when these two teams played, it was 16-14. That was the game where Kenny Pickett started, immediately got ragdolled uh, by, I think it was Roquan Smith in that game. Mitch Trubisky comes in, moves the ball really well in that game, but couldn't finish drives. And I expect this to be a similar game where it's 16-14. Pickett's back in there, and to me, Pickett's ceiling's a little lower than Trubisky, but his floor is higher and it's going to be hard for either of these teams to run the ball. This is the number one and two run defense in the league since week 10. Whoa. Steelers and Ravens. So even though they both been running well, it's going to be tough in this game. And I feel like the team that can run and ends up winning.
3: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Roquan Smith. And it's like some of these trades, they go to teams and they vanish and the Bears wanted to move them. Uh, the Ravens were the perfect landing spot. Like Since he joined the team, the only team, the only defense to allow fewer yards per game than the Ravens are these Steelers who have allowed 17 or fewer points in five straight. So I kind of feel like you're looking at one of these classic fill-in-the-blank 17 to 13 type affairs where neither team is explosive. We keep getting offense.
2: these in prime time. Like, do, do not expect points here. Like, we thought no. Lamar Jackson would be back for this game, but as of this taping, he hasn't been back at practice. And just when you thought the Ravens, Maybe we're getting, like, a little healthier. Here are the three players that might be out for the Ravens that matter. Lamar Jackson, Calais Campbell, and Marcus Peters. Three of their absolute uh, most valuable players, including, of course, their, their best
1: players. Yeah, and the Lamar thing is now something to keep an eye on um, in, a, in a different way because initially the idea was uh, he'll probably be back on Christmas Eve. okay, And now, a week after that, he's still uh, trending to be out. And you just wonder if that knee injury, uh, either he's had a setback or it's just not responding in the way they thought. And you know, this team and it's a sprained PCL he's got, you know, this team is going nowhere without Lamar Jackson. And here's the thing about the Ravens and, and Mark, you often get on the Packers as a team that annoys you and you just want to go away. Baltimore doesn't do much for me uh, this season. They are not doing much for me. And I understand in the AFC that they are, they should be taken seriously because of their ability to run the football and their defense and their pedigree. But I mean, when's the last time you watched a Ravens game and you felt, like, alive?
3: Like, I think even even, it's just yeah. like, <laughs> even when Lamar Jackson was the, in the lineup. That's games. what I mean. Yeah, it's it like it's been issues.
1: going on. I mean, it, you have to go back to early September when yeah. the Ravens felt to me like a watchable, fun operation, and I don't see it changing well, uh, right now.
2: When you're bringing in Sammy Watkins off the street and then he starts for you five days later at receiver. Had a big play, a though. Did have a... He had one, yeah.
3: But I but I'm with you. Like their their weapons poor. They're they're like they were they were celebrated for zigging when everyone else was zagging. We're going to be a ground based attack, but it's like you're going to have you're going to run into a wall at some point. where You got to work your way out of it. And I'm with you. They're, like there's nothing in the in the cupboard outside. Of and the
1: Steelers game. are the same way. I don't find the Steelers to be a fun team to watch no, at all. Can
3: see the Steelers, you can see the beginnings of an offense growing. That's well, that's what I'm self-hover. saying.
1: They're in a different yeah. place in their organizational and their development, and and you saw with the late drive that uh, Pickett led. Uh, to George Pickens in that dramatic uh, Franco Harris game, um, that they're they're building towards
2: something. They have a lot of momentum at this point. They're not knocked out of the playoffs, although because this game is on Sunday night, they could be by then. Right. They have a a three percent chance, uh, according to 538, and they need a, a if lot. If the of Dolphins help.
3: beat the Patriots, check you later, Steelers. But I still think they can do this thing where Mike Tomlin does not wind up with a losing record because it's the most. Pittsburghish thing ever to have that be a fringy likelihood all season long, and then they kind of sweep down the stretch and finish 9-8. and eight. I, I think it's a
2: great te- test for Pickett. I know you're a little uh, dubious about this Ravens defense. Right. But to me, they're a top five defense in the NFL right now, so it, whether they're in the playoff mix or not, this is a great test for an offense that really has been a lot better, even though it hasn't been all passing. They've been a top ten offense in terms of efficiency since their bye week. Alright, let's move to
1: Monday Night Football. Oh, Joe Joe Buck and Troy Aikman deserve this. Could be the game of the year. Bills at Bengals. The number one seed in the AFC could be on the line. The AFC North could be on the line. And you could be looking at an AFC championship preview. This is just gorgeous. And I love that it's on Monday night. Um, we've talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the air or off. That uh, We all love Buck and Aikman. What a great team and you kind of missed them on those Sunday uh, late Fox games where so much was on the line. Sometimes these Monday night games don't carry as much heat uh, now that they've moved over and took the money. This is perfectly synced up. You have the right teams. You have the right announcing team. You're going to have a huge audience. They're going to do, as Mike Frances would say, a huge number. They're going to do a huge number on ESPN. The Manning cast is going to do a huge number if they're doing that. <laughs> And it's just going to be so fun. The question to me is this Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow showdown. Who is going to come out on top? Because I would not be surprised. I know this could benefit the Chiefs more, and they could end up getting the number one seed. But I love to see the winner of this game get the one seed and be rewarded Mm. for such a clutch step up in this spot.
2: Well, I think the Bills get the one seed if they win this game because I think they take care of business week 18 against the Patriots. So it's massive for them. And you mentioned, Mark, like the NFL wouldn't – like see all these trash bag teams in the middle. That's not the perfect way to get parity. There's, there's Can, not yeah, great trash teams. Trash bags
1: is like trending towards uh, Mr. Irrelevant <laughs> okay. and the disrespect. He, I
2: threw the word trash bag. Who's that middling? There, yeah. Middling teams, sure. But when you kind of take a step back and you look at it, the three teams in the AFC who were the best teams at the end of last year, who are led by the three best quarterbacks in the league, that I would take to start a franchise with. All have fantastic records, Mm -hmm. are all here at the end on long winning streaks, Mm -hmm. and are playing great, and they're probably going to play each other in a round robin here. If this game goes the Bengals' way, you could see uh, a a rematch in the divisional round, and this game would be just to have home field. I have a hard time picking between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow right now because you think it's Burrow who's a little more consistent, but Josh Allen's running is so incredible. He's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. That's more than he averaged last year when he led the league in yards per carry. He has 746 yards on the ground, but almost all of them are for first downs. Like, his percentage of first downs is just outrageous. He's fourth uh, overall, I think, uh, in, in quarterback rushing. But, like, they haven't had a game under 100 yards on the ground, the Bills, since last season. So, overall, their running game is really getting going, and I think that's where they could attack Cincinnati. Well, at
3: 254 yards a week ago, um, only a small chunk of that came from Josh Allen, which is a good sign because they needed that balance, and they're getting Devin Singletary. You're, like, I, I like that, I like that that's, their, that's the most yards they had on the ground since 2016. Mm. I think it makes up, and it masks over, and it does cover up to some degree an uptick in Josh Allen turnover-worthy throws. It's not just the interceptions. Like, if you go back and watch these games, there's a couple things happening to Josh Allen within each of these affairs where, like, Wait a minute. That could have easily been three or four interceptions, that, and that that is the kind of thing in this because they, when you're playing Chicago, you can overcome that. And like Josh Allen still does these other things. You're like, I kind of don't care about the turnover-worthy plays because of what what Josh Allen does and Alan S ways that like no one else can do. But I just look at the Bills as a team. Like, all right you're not going to have the wiggle room against Cincinnati. You're not going to have it in this round robin with the chiefs and playing Cincinnati potentially again. Like, do we get a pristine ver- a more pristine version of Josh Allen down the stretch? Cause this has been happening, whether it's fumbles or picks week after week.
1: Yeah. And to his credit, he only has one interception in the last five games before last week, but, to your point, he had two against Chicago. Another end zone pick, which is that's been weird. That's they were weird. A lot of his interceptions too. have been in or near the end zone, and he could have thrown two more in that game. He could have had four interceptions in that game, and then we're talking about this game in a different uh, reframed way about what's wrong with Josh Allen after that Chicago game. We're not though. That's not how it works. I think he'll be okay, but I think that he will. I think there will be a play that he makes that gives Cincinnati an opportunity to get it done. Do we t- do we take anything out of the Bengals game last week, which was even weirder when they were up 22, nothing at the half against new England and then needed a, uh, Ramondre Stevenson fumble to hang on. I, I don't really, uh, the weather was not nice either, no, but that I take was, a away was a little is, bit of a funky game. My
2: takeaway is Burrow pitched the perfect game for two and a half quarters there. When he is at his best, he is playing as well or better than any quarterback in the league. I like, I have a hard time coming up with like the, you have to do ranking the five guys. I don't actually have an MVP vote, but like who would you put ahead of one another? Allen versus Burrow. To me, that's a tough conversation. And I I love that they're going up against each other. I love that. Cincinnati has had a better offensive line this year, but suddenly you lose Lyle Collins now for the season, and Adenaje is in there at right tackle. Who we that... spent
3: like all of last winter discussing right. for it, negative it reasons. Right, who was a
2: reason why they struggled to protect. And in this game against the Patriots, that was a change. They absolutely got a ton of pressure on Adenaje specifically, and the Bills aren't the same without Von Miller, but they still have been getting mm-hmm. a lot of sacks without him.
3: The Adenaje thing is the reason I think that obviously sparked their off-season buying spree on linemen in general because it was such an overt weak spot week after week. So I'm with you. Like, that to me is a, th- a situation you can target. I think the highs with Josh Burrow and the highs of the offense quell concerns Josh over the – Josh Burrow. F- that would oh, be sorry, like a beautiful baby that, if they that, just that would, if, the somehow, if that could, could happen that. physically, beautiful that would job. be an incredible quarterback. <laughs> yes. But uh, that's not physically possible from what we understand. Uh, I would say this, though. Because against the Bucs and against the Patriots, they went to sleep for a half. But, like, last week you got the Jamar Chase – turnover. Like Burroughs picks, I don't know, they don't seem to me a trackable thing from week to week. He's been pretty amazingly perfect. So I could say like what their explosive nature is more proof to me than like did they can they fall asleep against teams like they did two weeks in a row.
2: Who are you picking in this game? Who are you picking? I had the Bengals at first and then I flipped it on the old game picks. My gut was telling me Bills. I struggle mm. with it though. We got uh you mentioned the Monday night schedule by the way has been rough for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They had a lot of bad luck really with the matchups. Similar on the Monday night podcast recaps, but this is a great finale. Oh yeah! Nick Wesseling is the guest for the <laughs> last there you know. game.
1: Perfect. Um, I like uh, <laughs> I like Cincinnati. I like both these quarterbacks with the, with their back against the wall. I'm going to say it's going to be Cincinnati. Just in a coin flip, they have the ball last, and Burrow does something magical. And I hope I think these are these are my two favorite teams to watch in the AFC. And I I think that other than my team. Um, but I think the, the the Chiefs are the team that you can't disrespect. But I, I really hope it's these teams playing for the Super Bowl uh, at the end of January. I I, hope. Mm. Then I'm you should you. want a
2: Bills win here because then they get the one seed. It, it is yeah. huge because the loser of this game basically is going to probably have to beat two of these three teams with at least one or t- of them on the road, whereas the other one, whoever gets the one seed – only has to play one of the other two teams. So to me, that that's a huge advantage.
3: I think the Bengals are going to win this in overtime,
2: 30-27. to 27.
1: Love it. I'd sign up for it. And uh, one one other note in Burrow's favor, and who's been like more of an MVP this year, when Jamar Chase went down, things kept moving positively uh, for Cincinnati. I don't know if the same thing would happen if Diggs disappeared. Uh, we don't I, know. I mean, Diggs', Diggs yeah. target
3: rate since Week 10... He went from 6th in target rate league-wide to 20th since Week 10. So mm. he hasn't disappeared, but their offense has changed a little bit and been less explosive, minus digs.
1: All right, let's start the draft now. Let's get into it. Here we go with the locks. Greggy, we picked up a game on you last week in the lock challenge.
2: Yeah, I you asked me to be a showman and i'm trying to raise the profile of this locks competition <laughs> it's struggling you know if it's too big of a lead
3: you lost intentionally okay that's interesting
2: <laughs>
1: um so you have the first pick in the atn draft week 17
2: i'm excited about this game vikings packers in the late window jim lance tony romo good. good pick packers been on a roll and they visit Uh, The team that's kind of owned them lately. The Vikings have done a nice job against Green Bay. They certainly dominated in week one. We're kind of like coming all the way back to the narratives we started the season with that the Packers are trying to prove that they're over. Like, do they throw the ball too much with Aaron Rodgers playing hero ball? I thought they did that a little too much last week. And I think they'll be tempted to this week when the Packers have the ball because the Vikings' big weakness to me is their number two cornerback, their number Three slot cornerback, former Packer Chandon Sullivan. And you see how that matchup is going to be. I think Rodgers is going to feel like he can make a play. But will he have Christian Watson for this game? We won't know. That is when this offense totally turned. If I'm uh, the Packers, I want to run the ball more. I think that's where their advantage is. And I don't quite trust Rodgers to go back there and just make a play. I actually think that's playing into the Vikings' hands.
3: Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones was banged up against the Dolphins. Uh, obviously, Christian Watson is a huge issue. Kayshawn Nixon, I mean, you're like...
1: Aaron Rodgers has a knee issue.
3: Right, they're, they're very banged up. That said, like, I loved what they, how aggressive they were against Miami. Like, everything was up against them. This went forward over and over on fourth down. I would do that again. I don't track a ton from week one, but I would say that Justin Jefferson in that week one game against Green Bay, nine catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. And look what the Dolphins did before. Whatever happened to Tua happened to Tua last week. Like They were explosive. And I think Green Bay can be thrown on. And if you get the Cousins-Justin Jefferson connection alive again, I just like my Minnesota in any of those games where that's happening.
1: Yeah, I mean Jefferson's—he's going to get his. He'll have 130 yards or so, uh, maybe up 200. He's—he's he's that guy where you can put just put Jair book Alexander
3: it. on him. Let's see it. He hasn't—they didn't use Jair that much on him last time.
1: And I think what we have with—I don't know—I I, kind of disagree with you, Greg. They have a a good running game, Green Bay right now, and AJ Dillon is looking more like the guy he was last year. But everybody throws on the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody stacks yardage in, in the passing game. Even they made Daniel Jones look like a, a just a, a pro bowl level passer with last week. With no one week. to throw to too. So I think it would be I don't know, maybe overthinking it to to lean more on the run now to have some balance absolutely, but I think this is such a this is a game for Aaron Rodgers. It's a big game for him and and what's been a disappointing season. He has an opportunity to wipe a lot of that away with a big performance here. And I did think if you're a Packers fan, When they came back, and I know they got help from Tua melting down in that game, um, when Christian Watson goes out at the half, the offense didn't dry up. They were still moving the ball. Romeo Dobbs made some plays and uh, Rodgers was able to still uh, put points on the board, maybe not as many as you'd like, but the offense didn't stall out. So even if it Watson isn't there, I think they'll move the ball through the air against this team.
2: You know what's crazy about the Packers, too, is that if you look at the numbers, their pass defense, and we've been killing Joe Barry for just playing this soft zone all year and blah, blah, blah. Like, the numbers are incredible. I know there's that one Baker Mayfield in game in there, but that they're either the best pass defense in the league or a top-five pass defense. And so they have to have some confidence at this point that they can get pressure on Kirk Cousins. But Kirk's got to have confidence that he can hang in there. He's been hit more than any quarterback in the league, and he's extremely streaky, but he's been clutch, and he waits till that last second. And I don't know if I really trust this Packers pass rush. I guess the eyeball test to me says I I don't still trust this Packers defense.
3: They only two like, teams have allowed more yards through the air than less yards through the air than Green Bay. So you're right. I don't feel it always looks that way to me.
2: No. But the Packers might have uh, Jenkins. Uh, they have they've had Elton Jenkins back, but they also might have uh, Bakhtiari back for this game too.
1: And the Vikings, make. it's like <sighs> this is why everyone's pulling their hair out trying to figure them out because even with Green Bay's deficiencies on defense this year, even though they did close out last week brilliantly, um, they're going to go through hot and cold streaks in, in, in this game because they do it basically every week where they they look great for a quarter or a half and then they let the team other team back into it. But with some three and outs, Like can Green Bay um, take advantage of those dry spells for Minnesota?
2: Packers are favored by three and a half this week. That's,
1: pro- that's crazy. I think it's gotten a little absurd in the desert, the Vikings. <laughs> At what point do we – I don't know, man. Well, they almost never cover, so I guess <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah, I it hasn't Yeah, can see where they're them. coming from.
2: It, I just look at this game and, like, don't you guys expect it to be a one-score game? Yes, to come down to the th- end. But that's and then every d- Vikings who, game. Who, Right, and so who's picking against the Vikings at the end of a game? I'm not – I'm like, they're going to find a way to get it done, and the Packers, despite the win streak, will find a way to blow it. That's yeah, how I, I feel. Kirk mean, Cousins' last fitting.
3: three games in freezing weather. 3-0. and These little stats about Kirk Cousins vanishes and disappears in some of these areas of football, football environment,
2: not this year. It would be really, really funny if they wind up going 14-3 and and holding on to this 2 seed. The 49ers are just like every week like, are you kidding me? The Vikings uh, yeah. won again. <laughs> and I
1: also – you got, you have to now at least open your mind to the possibility that in spite of all the football history and sports history where it's so clear where a team is due to regress in a certain category or overall – Maybe they just do this the entire season. Right, that's or next they, year. Maybe yeah, they the win next, the yeah, Super Bowl. They, the the on a late is field is like <laughs> for the
3: different team next season where none of this happens to them.
1: I don't know. It's weird.
3: They were playing these close games a year ago and the year before that, too. Not to this extent, but this is who they've been collectively for a while But, now.
1: I mean, hitting a 61-yard field goal at the gun, it's just, like, know, it's like, absurdity.
3: I know, but why, I also feel like everyone's like like almost wanting it to regress. It's like this is one of the most exciting things about this season is that the Vikings I, are doing this in I the hear last that. few minutes. I've,
2: I've seen this sort of discussion among Vikings fans, and it's true. Like, enjoy this, Vikings fans. Like, you went through all these it's annoying seasons with Kirk Cousins. Right. This is fun. Well,
1: they're also, they've are also they been through <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of heartbreak, and uh, there's a lot of Vikings fans that are like, I know what's happening here they <laughs> sucking then, us then, in But at least just enjoy the, do the
2: this, actual don't day. Don't do it. Don't the actual do it. day.
1: You, you know how to avoid Sunday. it? Don't
3: follow a football team. You're on a magic carpet ride. It's not that, that easy, Mr. Sess I'm saying that 28 other fan bases would take this as their season, their right. team doing this. You're but, fun. You're engaging. And you have a buddy
1: that's a Vikings fan. If yeah. you If you have a personal connection with a, a Vikings fan in your life, you know what they've gone through. And there is not a doubt that every Vikings fan in the back of their mind is a little concerned that this is all building towards something ironically terrible but They were concerned a year
3: ago and the year before that and the year before that. Like, they, like they're, you know, I, I'm not, like, crying huge tears for the Vikings fan base right now. They're on fire.
1: Let's talk in January.
3: I'm sure it will go south. <laughs> I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but, like, it's not like this. There's, I, can, I can think of situations that are more, uh, you know, chaos-laden at the moment.
0: Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. The draft rolls on. Mark Sessler's up. What
1: you got, buddy?
3: Well, I, lo- I love this like Carolina Panthers-Bucks situation. Um, a ghastly division where they lodged in any other division. This would be a dirt nap situation where neither mattered at all. But it really is like like kind of the story. And I think that what Carolina did last week against Detroit – on the ground was one of the more powerful showings by any team in this division. Where there's You can't point to the Bucks and say, they do this great. They, they should be better than they are at all these things, and they're not. That's why they're a disappointing watch after week. The Panthers were one of the most disappointing teams in the league. And then when they get hot and they can run the ball, because I know the Lions, for instance, they don't have a good run defense, and they've been better than they were to start the season. But it was so crystal clear, the Panthers are telling you week after week, Oh, Sam Darnold's been clean, and he'll make some passes, but that's not what our offense is about. We're just going to run at you. And Tampa Bay, we're going to do the same thing at you. And I do think if you're on the flip side for Tampa Bay, like they're probably – I'm giving up any hope – for them to be anything different. We talked about Vikings fans. Like, Bucks fans just have to accept, like, this is probably just who you are. You're going to be a sleepy operation for three and a half weeks, and you're going to lose that game like you did against the Niners. Or Tom Brady's going to do Tom Brady things for half a quarter, and you're going to win in overtime, or you're going to win in regulation in a bizarre way. I do like that, that right now, we'll see what happens. But practicing at this point in the week, Tristan Wirfs and Donovan, Donovan Smith, because I think if you loo- if you don't have those guys in there, Tom Brady, to me, looks like a different quarterback last couple of weeks with the turnovers and probably just trying to not get hit and getting rid of the ball. It just does not seem like if his name were, you know, Tom Fabietz, we would not be thinking this guy is definitely... spelling g- on Fabietz? I would go F-A-B-I-T-Z.
1: I had F-A-B-E-E-T-Z.
3: Well, that worked. Yeah. There's different ways yeah, to yeah, do you know, So When you come to the Statue of Liberty, you can just choose choose what you want way back in the or day. Or they choose for you. Or they choose for you.
1: Which is unfortunate.
3: Brady, probably an easier way to go. Fabietz, but I'm just saying Fabietz Tom Brady. looks bad. Does
2: Tom Brady right now look good? No, I think we should refer to him as Fabitz uh, <laughs> moving forward until he comes back to being Tom Brady. Because you're right. The last few weeks are the first time that I can remember as a Brady – Apologist believer, always thinking like, look, if you get everything around him working, he he actually was playing better in 2019 or 2018 uh, th- than you thought. Same thing this season. Last couple weeks, I don't know. He's not playing with confidence. He's waiting till the receivers are open before throwing it. So he's not confident in his receivers. He's not confident in himself and his accuracy. His his. Time to throw was 1.8 last week, which is just preposterous. Mm. He just doesn't want to get hit. This looks like an old team who knew what it was like to play in real games that know they're not a real team waiting to be put out of their misery. I think the Panthers are the team to do it. Yeah,
1: I think uh, the thing with Brady and this offense is they, they could thrive in spurts now. And then if that leads to a win, you know, people then could just focus on that. Like, oh, Tom Brady does it again. Uh, he was 6-for-6 six six in overtime. It's like... Yeah, but the bigger picture is, yeah, he's not playing at a high level. The offense hasn't played at a high level all season. On the Panthers' side, I don't know, Greggy. I I I, I don't know what to make – I don't know how to make sense of that Lions game. But uh, it's not the
3: only time they've done that on the ground. It was the I high know, point. But, but... Uh, but
1: wait a second. They also had 21 yards on the ground the previous week against the Steelers, which is not to, you know, take away from what they managed against the Lions, but I just like – I don't know what happened with Detroit. We're going to get to the lines later. But some of those defensive fronts, the way it even lined up, it, it was like anybody could have had a huge game uh, uh, the way they ran the ball, 100 yards by their second possession on the ground, 320 by the end of the game. Is that going to continue against Tampa Bay? No, because I think Tampa Bay will deliver an actual professional outing on defense They're good and to make it defense. harder. Now, I have to – and you know I'm Sam Darnold apologist, but he, uh, with that running game, which what quarterback wouldn't benefit from that – uh, maybe Zach Wilson, um, he really played well as well. And he, you want to talk about how uh, Tom Brady doesn't look confident? Sam Darnold's playing with confidence right now. He's playing like a guy. He knows it's his job. He knows the offense. He knows where to get the ball. And he's not flashy, and he's not a star, and he's not as good as uh, what the previous team wanted, wanted him to be when he made him a, a number three overall pick. But he is somebody that could lead this offense playing at this tempo. And I think I'm just happy for him personally, and I, I hope it continues.
3: I'm with you. Like I think that he's in the perfect place for him. If they're going to not ask him to do everything, it's not in an air raid scheme or something. Um, he's looked really clean. He's not turning the ball over. They did run for 170 on Tampa last time. I'm not trying to keep. They dominated keep, that game. Right, they it was a dominant game. That was also the PJ Walker like throwing all over the place. So. I, just as in, you know, it has been inconsistent for Carolina, but Tampa's defense, which I think, you know, there's, if you're not watching the Bucks, you're thinking, oh, they still have a great defense. Like, they were destroyed by the Niners. Not that that's the only team that the Niners haven't done that to, but they, when they've been bad, they've been a floodgate. And I just, Bucks, I don't, th- I think the What was more perfect than defense. the Bucks just fizzling out, though?
2: I, I think they lose this game, but, you know, it, and nothing would surprise me. I think it's a coin flip, essentially. But Darnold's, Development to me is the biggest thing for the Panthers. They're going to really miss J.C. Horn, who changed their defense, who to me is a top-10 cornerback in the league right now and may even return if they make the playoffs, it sounds like, or maybe even Week 18. He had surgery, but he's definitely out this week. But Darnold's development is the reason I give this team a chance. I think he's had the best month of his career. I know he had some high points late in his rookie year again uh, when he was with the Jets, and he showed more high-level play during that stretch. But to me, he never looked like a quarterback. Like, he never knew how to be an NFL quarterback. And by that, I just mean go through his progressions and make good decisions. I think he's doing that now. I think he's comfortable. Like, he's getting to his second and third read. Yeah, he's been put in a good situation. But he just looks like a guy that's like, Getting it a little bit, I, and I think they can Sam get excited Donald. about that. You know
3: what's new from though? You're in this situation. He's he's never. He got his legs too. He's been he attached uses, to like, bad teams where there's yeah, no stakes. but you know
2: what?
1: Like the other part of it is like we, we could say that, and that's true. Like uh, he was always attached to floating trash bags, as we like to say. Uh, when I wish I knew Jets. how to quit you. Uh, but on. Uh, the Panthers, his head coach is an interim head coach and the offensive coordinator is a guy we've mocked on the show mercilessly, Ben McAdoo. So it's like whatever's happening in Carolina. McAdoo is a
2: great football mind. He saw Gino as a star well there before you the rest of and, the go. Mm.
1: So I'm just saying like, it, on paper it's like, oh, now he's in a healthy situation. Well, it seems that way, but he does deserve credit. And Greg, one thing that you and I went back and forth on um, in the past was like you called Darnold one of the biggest busts ever. I think this is kind of who he can be, and he showed that at times with the Jets. Like, Zach Wilson, ironically, a guy that hadn't – hes he qualifies as that to me. Right. So there is a difference between them. But
3: it's basically start your career as a Jet – and then <laughs> half a decade <laughs> well, later, th- you become Geno Smith, or you get right. you become Sam Darnold, or me- Zach Wilson. Five years from now, we're talking about comeback player. I'm just right, saying. I don't know. They, but Darnold was a bust. Now, if he can do this and reclimate some of it, I don't think you roll into you don't pitch him as a starter nex- necessarily. But no.
2: he saved his career in a Baker Mayfield-esque way too. He's a he's a free agent at the end of the year. This is a huge game though for him. I mean, and for this franchise, they win this game. And Steve Wilkes. They controlled. The NFC South—they'll still have to win though next week, so they don't clinch it. The Bucks clinch the division if they win this game. Darnold has has the tougher opposition to me uh, in terms of the defense that he's playing. If he plays well this week, that that is a franchise-changing, career-changing type of win, and I think they end up going to the playoffs. I just mean Wilkes. Wilkes gets there. You know, he keeps that job. Wilkes keeps the job. Oh, I
1: think so too. Let's move on. Uh, the old Zeus are on the clock, and yes, let's talk about Sam Darnold's former team, the New York Jets, traveling to Seattle to face the Seahawks. This is a this is a loser goes home match, no doubt about it. Uh, both teams seven and eight, both teams struggling. The, uh, the Jets
3: are officially eliminated. They lose, so
1: there you go. Loser yeah. goes home. Five of six, uh, Seattle has lost. The Jets have also lost five of six. Both and, were six and, and three, straight. right? Yeah. Um. So. The way things broke um, for uh, New York uh, after the Thursday night debacle with Zach Wilson uh, was beautifully. They're they're very much in the race. They win this week against Seattle and in Miami next week. One Patriots loss and they're in. So there is a path here for the Jets. It's not far-fetched. Now they have to play better. Um, And it's not just, I think, one thing that got papered over uh, with how miserable Wilson was and the apparent end of his Jets career because, by the way, as we talked about on the Tuesday show, Mike White cleared on Monday. Zach Wilson not even active uh, for this game, so he's inactive again. He's out of the picture. Joe Flacco is the backup. Um, So the Jets played poorly in all phases um, against the Jaguars. The defense, which has been so good this season, they got beat on the last drive by Detroit and then uh, really were not sharp against Jacksonville. After their initial drive where they forced the turnover, it was kind of downhill at that point. Um, so they need to play better. Seattle on the other side is a team that's really struggling in almost every phase. So I think the way this sets up is two teams uh, that that are not playing well. Somebody's got to win. Um, there could be a situation where this is a, an ugly game and one team wins in ugly fashion and then gets quickly wiped out the week after. I don't know about that. We'll see. Uh, but it's just nice to see Mike White back in because I think that's going to lift all boats for the Jets because I think Wilson was just a negative suck on the entire operation. They love
3: Mike White, and I think that this stuff matters. I I hear all these people. There's no momentum. None of this has to do with human. It's all numbers and analytics.
1: You're talking I mean, about Clavon?
3: No, no, no. I mean, like, no, mo- no momentum is also an analytics community, like, claim by many too that none of this stuff is really just like it is you're good or you're not good kind of thing but Mike White has generated 450 plus total yards in four of his six starts so like there is a tangible difference should do it with in Mike this White. game he's playing well this is a defense. great setup for the Jets and it's a great setup for them to be balanced for them to make plays and like you see just a complete difference when he's in there and I will say one thing about Robert Sala because I think like year two for him uh this was a big season and maybe they don't go to the playoffs I don't know what happens here But he handled as much chaos at quarterback as you could ask Mm. and having to flip-flop back and forth, and he's been nothing but even keel about it. And in fact, I'd say that there's been a human side too where you could allow a lot more angst and anger to come from within the building towards Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson's the kind of guy right now with the trajectory of his career that could cost – a different type of GM, if he hadn't had a great draft class, and a coaching staff, their jobs. And then all he ever did was prop up Zach Wilson and try to show him some dignity. And now Zach Wilson, mercifully, is inactive. And he should stay that way. And he probably (laughs) never plays in a Jets uniform again. But Salah's proven to me, I think, that he is the kind of guy you want as your head coach. Because through all of this, he's just been that dude. He's not going up and down. He's just been steady. And I think that's a great mark of someone who could stay around in New York for a long time. They have not had that coach.
2: Although, they lose these two games... I think there's a significant chance Robert Saligan's gets fired. Well,
3: that's a, that'd be a terrible decision no, I agree. by the Jets. So. I
2: agree. The whispers have already started. Like- there was a, a report in the Washington Post. Woody Johnson did not hire... Uh, Robert Sala, he would get so much pushback. I think no. if this comes out there, I know you're saying no because you don't want this no. to happen. No. I don't think they're going to lose this game, and I think they should be favored in their next two games. So, so none of it matters. But no. I've seen Woody Johnson I don't make care what terrible decisions.
1: <laughs> I do not care what the Washington Post says. Everyone that anybody that knows what's going on with this team knows anything negative with this season is connected to an a. Uh, Terrible decision, of made course. At the quarterback, but vision. if they lose yep. six
2: straight it, to miss the playoffs, in these next two games, you will have Mike White back. I do want to see their defense step up. To me, they're favored in this game. They are in Vegas as well, and I think it, it could be even more. They're a better team to me overall. And we've heard this is a great Jets defense. Show up. Be a defense that just, or be an offense that was just dominated by Kansas City. That's struggling up front. it has been very erratic. Uh, running the ball, like show up and dominate this game and you won't have to worry about it, but it would be very Jetsy if they lost six straight and he'd be out. And uh, people, the Washington Post aren't the only one thinking about it. Like, I think there's been some whispers around that team. If the Giants make the playoffs here and they lose six straight nothing would surprise them.
3: That's absolutely awful in-house scouting if that's what they do because what would you point to as Robert Sala as the problem here?
2: Nobody's arguing
1: I feel like we're wasting our time even having this conversation. Robert Sala's not going anywhere. I don't care what happens these last two games. Like, that's crazy to me, Greg. If that's something that's even being speculated or being floated, I mean – This team is going in the right direction, and a lot of it is connected to him. They play hard for him. That defense has gone from the worst in the league to one of the best in football under him, and his tutelage as the defensive mind that came over from San Francisco – they, they missed on Wilson. That's hurt them this year, as did the Brees Hall injury that really hurt their offense and the offensive line issues. This team next year, when they're healthy and get a better quarterback in the building, of a course. lot of people are going to be very high on this team. It actually makes me nervous thinking about it, that people are going to be talking about them being an AFC well, big Forget team. next year.
2: I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. my point is, this year— I think they're making it this year. I think they're okay. better than the Dolphins and the Seahawks. Maybe right.
3: Woodward and Bernstein should operate and focus on something else down at the Washington Post so, than the
2: Salah situation let me seen. say this Greg but I also don't think it's bad reporting I, I, they're not the only ones kind of talking about this
1: um, I never do this It's been, it's very rarely happened on this pod but Ooh. I did grow up in a coal town and uh, well. when you grow up in a coal town um, you're told to temper hope sometimes hope isn't a good thing sometimes it's just better to go down in the hole as we called it do your work Come home, have dinner with the family, go to bed, and get up for the work the next day. Um, But with that said, I will have hope here because I have watched this team all year, and I think, I think they're going to play really well in this game, and I think they're going to win this game, and I'm going to lock up the New York Jets. I love that. You could say it's, uh, you know, tugboat setting himself up for failure. I, maybe. And whatever. I'll deal with it if that happens. But I think White will make this offense much better. They will move the ball. The defense is going to be hyper-motivated. Um, everyone's going to be hyped for this game. And Seattle's going in the wrong direction. I think the Jets are alive going into Week Eight. I
3: love that. I think that's – you're putting it where all this fan-hope business is. That's the right thing to do. I like this situation for you. Um you are one of the rare people attached to a coal mining village with like your own theme song and like a voice where you can, you know, do a little soliloquies on a nationally broadcast, internationally broadcast show. Not the typical coal miners, you know. I made little, it out. I made it well, out. I'm not sure you were in it. But you were, we made it the, out of the, the, town and country
2: is like five right. uh, nicest places to retire if you have a lot of money. I love my uh, <laughs> nobody retires in Pearl River, but it does get my mom <laughs> uh, angry when I uh, when I bring up the
1: coal mine.
3: Why? Because it's fabricated. Well, what's angry in her? I should ask.
1: Go talk to her. Ask her.
3: I will, because I I I sense that her frustration could be valid with this entire narrative. But
1: um, let's move on to. Ooh, it's Snakes of the Zeus. Or let's grab that other AFC East game. Um, Dolphins of Pats from Gillette. Weird. Weird wild stuff. Carson. Um Teddy Bridgewater probably starting in this game. He is starting. He is. It's been announced now, okay. Yeah. So Teddy Bridgewater starts in place of Tua who was diagnosed with a concussion after being placed in concussion protocol. Uh, So uh, obviously disappointing there, and you hope um, he is in a good place um, as he recovers from his latest head injury. Um, So Teddy now steps in to face a Patriots team uh, that just found ways to lose in just crushing fashion in back-to-back weeks against Vegas and then Cincinnati. Um, Greg, to your credit, uh, after that ugly Monday night football game against the Cardinals. You predicted this team was going to go down in flames and there would be more ugliness to come. Well, that's happened. And I just wonder, like, you know, did you watch the game on Monday? Yeah, we all watched that game and it was bad. And you just wonder, Greggy, like if this is all kind of heading towards some type of, uh, grand finale of dysfunction with, with the Mac Jones situation and how unhappy he is with Patricia and Belichick. Are we heading towards a big finale? Uh, I would like to see it, but I think field, it could happen. An
2: on-field emotional explosion? Something. Or, okay. Something
1: well, like Mac Jones gets benched or something after yeah, another yeah, outburst. Something along those lines. Yep.
2: Well, we've also gotten through the whole Belichick needs to change the offensive staff or else so he might not be there next year. I do think there there will be a surprise firing or two. I think these three AFC East teams are all candidates um, to just have something out of nowhere. You if got they, Belichick in fired too? Well, he wouldn't be fired, but we've already talked about it. I know. I just find that improbable as well. Well, I think it's pretty clear Kraft is telling every reporter possible that if he doesn't make changes, then Well, that's why we're getting Bill O'Brien's
3: name floated out there.
2: I think they probably wanted Bill O'Brien last offseason. It's fine. That's all for later. Like This is essentially a playoff game uh, for these two teams. The Dolphins uh, could theoretically get in still uh, if they get a, a loss. The Patriots need to win these two games. I don't know. I don't trust anything about this Patriots team. The, nothing about last week made me feel any better about their offense. To me, it's unsalvageable. But it's going against the Dolphins defense that's also been really disappointed, led by former uh, Patriots assistant Josh Boyer. Like These two units have really let their teams down because the Patriots defense, they played great. They have a lot to be excited about in the future. The Dolphins offense has, has you know, taking a step back lately, but they've done their job, and I'm not that worried about Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think it's going to be a big decline. But, like, which of these two groups, Patriots offense, Miami defense, which has been so disappointing this year, can step up for a week? I tend to trust Miami more.
3: I would trust Miami or any defense against New England in the sense that I think New England creates as many problems for themselves on that side of the ball as almost any team in the league. I mean, I know the second half against Cincinnati paints a different picture, but they this is typical for them. They had 70 yards of offense at half. Mac Jones had 34 yards passing. How many halves have we seen like that from Mac Jones? Where whatever it is, if they get in some sort of a hole, and I think Teddy Bridgewater stands out there as a top three or four backup quarterback who's been through a lot, who knows this. he's going to do fine in the system. It's not going to be a big step down for him. Uh, you still are – the wide receivers they have – create these big plays. It's not coming from Tua the same way it would be from Patrick Mahomes or something. So I think you can generate the offense, still be explosive, and handle a Patriots team that, frankly, the only reason they're still hanging around at this point uh, is because the league is what it is. They're not a playoff team on any level to the eyes.
1: I, You know, the idea of Miami going on the road now to New England with a backup quarterback, I don't know. They they've lost. Uh, they haven't won a road game since week nine. Um, but I do agree with you on the Teddy thing. I think that it's not going to be. Um, he might
2: be less erratic than two. Yeah, like yeah, he, I can, I can
1: absolutely see him uh, moving the ball with this offense. And then if they can do that and they can score some points, then you're putting the pressure on New England again to find ways. Because look at like New England. The one thing that's also getting lost a little bit and how off bad the offense is. Look at last week, for instance. They they nearly dug out of that 22 nothing hole. One touchdown was on yet another defensive score. Uh, and then they had essentially a third-and-forever Hail Mary-type throw from midfield that got deflected totally right into a receiver's play. hands for a touchdown. Uh, and then when they finally actually moved the ball down the field, uh, Ramondre Stevenson blows the game with the fumble. It just, it's just so dysfunctional that it just feels like, to me, Greggy, um, to what you were saying a couple of weeks ago, that this is all heading a certain direction, and it makes more sense to me. Uh, that the Dolphins are the team that is uh, moving on and playing playoff football, not the Pets still alive in Week 18.
2: It it does to me as well. Now, the, now the Dolphins could lose this game and then beat the Jets next week. And if the Patriots then lose to the Bills – you know, both pretty realistic outcomes, then the Dolphins would be the team that gets in. So this is less of a win and in uh, uh, like elimination scenario for the Dolphins. The Patriots do need to win this game. I am curious though week one, I know is was early in the Dolphins season, but the Patriots defense did a fantastic job against Tua and and they exploded essentially the next right. week. And they played a, a similar type of style that the 49ers did and the Chargers did when this uh, whole thing started, which is, I don't think they have the cornerbacks to actually play press man right now. They're also missing uh three of their 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 top three cornerbacks are out of practice, Dan. Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, and Jalen Mills. So that's like
1: And Marcus Jones has been a difference maker for right. this year on so special teams. That's a as bit well. of a
2: disaster. But the Patriots and are the it. team that would actually play some press man, have McCourty back there playing kind of that cover one look and, and almost dare uh Teddy Bridgewater they, go deep they down They can rush the, the passer, the too. They're have their we'll third
3: in the league in takeaways. They're second in sacks. So there are elements to, like, Belichick's coaching the defense along with oh, people Uche, that you trust.
2: They got Barmore back. Uche is a breakout player. He's made the leap. Judon's great. Uh, they've somehow turned Juwan Bentley into a good player, and they have some dynamic safeties. Like, it's a pretty good defense. It's just it, it, that's not the side of the ball that's going to be enough.
1: Do you think, Greg? It might be enough
2: to win this game, though. I it wouldn't shock me. I'd pick the— Dolphins. Speaking though.
1: of hot seats, do you think Mac Jones in these next two weeks could be playing for his job?
3: I think we've said that on the show. I don't think he's on the Patriots
2: next season. I don't. I don't think these two weeks are going to make or break him. I think he's going to be on the Patriots next year for sure. And whether he has competition or not, that I don't know. Mm. All right. I think they'll want to see him. I don't, in, without... I don't
3: think Belichick Belichick's and Mac, not blind. Mac Jones like, love each other if, right now.
2: If Belichick is there next year... Then it, it, I assume it's with a new offensive coordinator. He's not blind. I think he's want to see Mac Jones with a different. Uh, I mean, we've seen it. He, we, we saw it yeah, with Josh like McDaniels early like part
1: of last year. Jones kind of got banged a little bit here by I mean, the, kind the, of? the setup. He's the worst situation. Yeah, worst but then why would we ship him any. at it? Why right. would we blame I, it on him and get wonder, rid of him?
3: I'll say because I wonder if the relationship. With Belichick, with the whole situation, mm. just needs a refresh. We don't know what's going on, but like right. you're what you're saying, we're gonna. Are, will we see like an emotional explosion over the next two weeks? We've been seeing it for a month plus. Like I don't think Belichick <laughs> loves his quarterback doing that on the sideline and having to be the number one narrative surrounding because the Patriots.
1: Belichick obviously is the king, you know, kingmaker. There, he believed in Mac Jones enough to make him a first-round pick. Obviously, his strategic decision-making and coaching hires hurt Mac Jones's development. I would say it's more likely. That they just redo the offense, um, but we'll unless say. things are you know ugly behind the scenes, certainly possible. Let's take a break and we'll
0: roll on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, welcome back. It's time
1: now for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Mark, you're up in the trap.
3: All right, I'm going to pick my late game. I'm going to go Niners at Vegas. Um, It's going to be a strange trip to Vegas, this time around. The Raiders, uh, we just talked about a team. What will they do with their quarterback? I think we were suspicious that Derek Carr would be back with the Raiders a year from now. There were a lot of reasons to suggest that Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr were not maybe totally copacetic. He's been shut down for the rest of the year. He's left the team to not be a distraction. Jarrett Stidham, old Patriots quarterback – uh, will be starting against the Niners defense. I feel like if you're Jared Stidham, you're thinking, wait, this is the week that you're...
2: <laughs> My offensive line is collapsing, right. and uh, now we're going to play the Niners. I, I
3: have to deal with Nick Bosa in the flesh in a few days. The Niners defense right now is so incredibly dominant. On this eight-game win streak, they have allowed 20 or fewer points, under 300 passing yards and under 100 rushing yards in every one of those games. That's the first team to do that in eight straight games since the nineteen forty two Bears led by George Hallis. And it's like there are only a couple defenses out there that we trust. Week after week the Niners are doing it.
2: Well, and certainly a, against Jared Stidham.
3: Well, no, I think this this feels like uh I like to pick a blowout here and there. This has that the ear markings of that, barring something really weird. I mean, I don't think Josh Jacobs is a very happy camper if you listen to his comments from after last week. Run
1: too. Josh Jacobs to another team.
2: He he exactly. will Jared Stidham <laughs> also a free agent. Uh well, I don't, I, you I don't know, know Jared Stidham. Who's San whole Francisco
1: thing, is awesome right now. I I moved him up to number one of the power rankings. Brock hmm. Purdy's three and zero. I got a little bit of an issue with that. Okay, well we, we could talk about that. But the the fact that the offense has continued to hum along even with Debo Samuel out and now the third string quarterback in and the defense being absolutely dominant, um, that's enough for me to say that they're the best team in football right now. And and, and well, let's talk about that pushback. Just very quickly.
2: Yes. I mean, there's no way on a neutral field I am taking any team led by Brock Purdy against J- Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, or Patrick Mahomes in those teams. Just no chance. What right. about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles?
1: Or them maybe either. Are you Are you factoring in beyond the quarterback? What about the defense going against those I just, quarterbacks I'm just and how saying, they could negate they, their greatness at some they, level? Those two
2: teams meet in the Super Bowl. No way I am picking Purdy Except in that, that I mean Purdy I has care.
3: actually outplayed Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: Right statistically the idea to the is eye- you got to beat these, these I other think this dudes. is a relevant yeah. bias by you uh, I'm talking about the reason it, it's more defensive based but it's the fact that he's been able to hit the ground running they they don't feel to me, like yeah. they've lost anything with him there. I don't they know, know. Statistically, but I see what you're saying. I just think the three
2: AFC teams are the best
4: three teams. No. Uh, not now. the number. No, <laughs> the number one, according to Dan Hans's power <laughs> rankings. today. But we
2: are burying the lead here. Derek Carr is no longer going to be on the Raiders. Yeah, and that one, mm. this one
1: annoys me a little bit. And they could say like, oh, we we have to bench him because we've decided he's not part of our future and we can't risk him getting injured. And They and won't they, even say that. And all that is just like, whatever. What happened to just having some basic like decency? Like the this guy who who every day for you know 8 years like represented your franchise well played his butt off sometimes it was great sometimes not so hot but always uh, represented the team i thought in a in a professional way and was a good player and this is how you just kick him out the door and, and you you shut him down and embarrass the guy this way it's like mm. Whatever. I don't like the way – I get the reason why you're doing it, but sometimes I feel like there should be, when you're doing business, a classier way of handling things, and I think the Raiders got that wrong. I think
3: it's tied probably from, if you're looking at it from a front office angle. If he were hurt over the next two games, which is highly unlikely, he's very durable quarterback – you're on the hook for 32 million guarantee. I know, guaranteed. But, I, but it's Dan, like the, hold on. the so opposite Dan, is Dan, like Dan. I'm not you, disagreeing with you. Like I right. think they treat him terribly. I just think like there were a technical problem reasons why they shut him down.
1: But I said, so, I mean, I said that Mark in the setup. I'm saying you could point to reasons why you shouldn't play him because right. you have to protect your franchise
2: interest. But how about you just show some respect to I, someone that I don't represented know if, if the it's, team? If it's right. not
3: Josh McDaniels running the show here, I don't know if it happens that way. Well, I just don't think it does.
2: I don't think it was Josh McDaniels who made this decision based on Vic Taffer, uh, of the Raiders that there was back-to-back nights of meetings uh, between Josh McDaniels and his GM, and it sounded like they were leaning towards keeping Carr in the lineup. And according to Taffer, he he thinks it's Mark Davis who's – Hmm. Never really been in love with uh, Derek Carr. We've talked about that for for years on the show. Essentially, like, look, if you guys have decided you're moving on from Derek Carr in the offseason, which they had, I don't want you starting him. Uh, He he wasn't as explicit. I'm not saying he was reporting that, but that's what he believes happened. And that would make sense because he was trying to get rid of Derek Carr for Tom Brady a couple years ago. They might be trying to get Tom Brady again. I do understand why Derek Carr leaves the team. It really does sound like the two sides met and they tried to be adults about it. Like here's the situation. Right. And, and both sides understood it. it's time to go. And I do think they will be able to trade him. They signed him to a contract last year, which turns out to just be essentially a $5 million raise. We said it at the time. This was not really a long-term commitment. Uh, but he has a no-trade clause as part of that, so he mm-hmm. is going to control the situation. We'll get into all that in the offseason plenty. But if Matt Ryan, with his 40 million dollar dead cap hit, uh, can get uh, a third-round pick, and I know Wentz was you know cost too much, uh, Derek Carr can absolutely get. I some I hope sort some of, of these teams learn
3: pick. from some of those deals. I-, I think there's some buyer... Like one
2: one third-round pick. I don't think his contract is crazy, so I think they'll be able to. I, get I feel
3: like Derek Carr will be. The, he will be seen when he's traded somewhere as someone that's going to go absolutely elevate another roster and I never viewed Derek Carr that way. I think he's going to go somewhere and be like, Derek Carr will solve all these problems. He's the league average on.
2: quarterback and he's that average. has a lot of value. And
1: I think that part of the issue is like in the NFL today, some of these front offices are like, that's not good enough. We need to swing higher and find the big guy. But you might end up Way worse. Like, you might end up with Tom Brady at age 46 next year playing the way Tom Brady plays now. You might end up now. with Matt
2: Ryan or Carson Wentz. Derek Carr right. at this level is a, is a better option, and there will be a team, whether it's the Jets or the Commanders or the Car- like the Cardinals for some Kyler Somebody Murray. Somebody will be but very happy like to have like him. Yeah, well, the Raiders
3: better have a plan to. here because that's how you get fired if you bring in someone who's way less than Derek Carr and you suffer another and, terrible season. And, like,
1: above the treetops, opening the kimono here a little bit. Like... Not for nothing, but go look at the numbers Derek Carr's production in the last three years or so under John Gruden compared to what he did with Josh McDaniels with Devontae Adams there. Now, you could say that Derek Carr has has blame for his numbers uh, going down. Sure, he does, but maybe there's some scheme in there involved too, and then that's your head coach and the guy that's running your operation on the field now. it,
2: It wouldn't surprise me, and this would drive Raiders fans crazy, but just be ready for it. Wouldn't surprise me if we hear some Devonte Adams trade rumors.
1: Mm-hmm. Remember, he went there to play with his buddy from college. That was the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota.
2: Greggy, you're up. I am taking the team of around right, the NFL let's go. in a big spot, a huge spot, at home against the Chicago Bears. You know, team of ATL. You know nice matchup to prove that last week was a one-off for the Lions. 258 yards. That's how many yards they gave up to the Bears the last time they played in a game they narrowly, and I would say luckily won, in Chicago. And yet... I think this team is going to respond defensively. I think they're much better when they play with a lead, and I think they can get the lead in this game. And I think that they're going to protect Jared Goff very well against a defensive line for the Bears. It's not been good. The Bears' defense playing a little with a little more energy since they're by. I'll give them that credit. But it's not going to be enough, and that's why I'm locking up the no! team of ATL again.
3: Back-to-back Ooh, weeks. I like that.
2: I mean, they betrayed you in
1: the lock comp, but I like that you're showing that respect to them. You're saying that was a fluke. You're
4: not alone, by the way. Gentlemen, I intended to start this off with an apology for not being on last week, but then Dan calls me out on Christmas Eve. Acts like I'm the bad guy for not having time to do the video last week. You know, some of us have real jobs. We don't just sit around watching football and talking about our lives all day. You know, we have to go into work, put hours in, work hard, lead people. Lead you know what, people. but you guys go ahead, keep talking He's a about manager. football, and give me a hard time for not doing the video. Speaking of which, I'm not getting paid to do this. Your ratings have soared since I've been on. I want to get paid next year. My agent will be in touch. But in the meantime, I will give you this one. We will be locking up, for the first time this year, the team of ATL. Cue the music, Justin. Very nice. Lock it up. Wait, did, did Nick? What a broadcaster he's becoming. Did he
1: pause there for the team oh, ATL drop? Yeah. Yeah, he he know, sure he did. Beautiful, Nick. Be- I'm sorry I called you out on Christmas Eve of all.
3: I mean, based things, on, on their everybody. results, are you at all concerned, Greg?
2: I am a little bit. My plan was initially to lock up uh, the Greg Eagles. Greg hates when other people yeah, lock. Yeah. No, yeah. it, was, it was the Eagles. But now Jalen Hurts sounds like he might return. We'll get to that. And it, that doesn't past the mirror test as well. I do think that they will respond. The thing that concerns me in this game is, like I said, I think the Bears defense has been playing with more energy and that they still have Justin Fields. But if you can't take care of business at home against the Bears, what are we talking about? All this flowery stuff we talked about, the Lions was wrong, and I don't believe they're that team. I believe they're a better team. The,
3: if you go back to when they played the first time, Justin Fields had one of his most explosive days on the ground. 13 carries for 147 and two touchdowns. Detroit, Gave up 300 and a million yards last week, so it's like that, that weakness still exists. But I'm with you. If you are the Lions and you can't off this Bears team, a bad defense itself. Because Golf and the offense weren't the problem last week against Carolina. Like they should be able to put up points. Golf splits at home are insane, and I think the Lions, you know, the they're crowd's learn- gonna be going crazy. Right, they're learning to become this team. That's a different type of Lions team, and you're gonna have these up and down weeks. This
1: will be an up week. Is that does the head coach have the motivational ability to get this team ready after a humbling loss? A tear from Dan Campbell. I feel like they do.
0: Look, I'm just going to say this again. It stings. It's awful. um, But, man, it's the best thing that can happen to us, you know? Um, Because I think no matter who you are and and whatever you do, some of your best work is when you get your face kicked in. And so, I mean, that literally, I don't know everybody gets their face kicked in, but... (laughs) But I do know, man, when your back's against the wall and you get trotted on and, it's, and everything's at its worst, you either just stay down there or you get up and you come back motivated and upset um, with uh, calculated energy and aggression. And, man, you go, and there's a purpose. And so I think this is the best thing for us. You don't uh, think he's setting the tone this week? It. And by the
1: way, for people out there, that is absolutely great advice. Everybody gets kicked every once in a while. Got to get back up. The measure of a man
2: or woman.
3: Sometimes you can be the kicker, too, if you want to give someone else that gift. If you're saying right, it's,
2: a, to give it's them, a pot. Hey, this yeah. is for you. Yeah, you grow from it. I well, like I'd that. like them to give the Bears that gift then. Their offensive line, kick them in the teeth, like dominate. Don't let Fields run. They didn't really run with Fields last week. I do wonder if that is a little bit of preservation. They're not going to sit Fields, and I right. respect that. Although.
1: Abra said absolutely not, even though he got his foot stepped on and he, his left shoulder was aggravated, that injury. At certain point, it's like, eh,
2: let's Field be careful Fields chasing here, some but records,
3: though. I like to let him yeah. set those
2: records. I get it, but uh, they have the number two overall pick right now. They could end up moving up to number one, a win, uh, this is how you end up Uh-oh. with Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. And people at the time were like, oh, yeah,
3: try your hardest. And it's like, well, I don't
2: know. They are riding
3: an eight-game <laughs> losing streak, the longest in team history. So you're talking about these coaches that are, like, on the hot seat. Is Iberflus just automatically safe?
2: No, but I have noticed, like, no one ever comments that the Colts' defense got better. And the, I know there's a million reasons why the Bears' defense is terrible, but he is a defensive coach, and they're, like, the worst defense in the yeah. league. It's worth mentioning. Uh, but he's safe. He's safe. Oh, it's back to me. It's back to me, and I'm going to make a selection.
1: That's how it works, Greg. He was not ready.
2: <laughs> Very clear.
1: Minnesota I'm going to Vikings. make a
2: selection in this draft, and that selection oh, is Giants-Colts.
1: Let's do that.
3: Okay. Why did you pick that, Greg? Why don't you... Expand on that. I,
1: I could guess. On the off chance, the Giants have a layup chance to make no. the playoffs and the Colts beat them and he can just dance. No, because I wasn't ready. And
2: do a jig. I wasn't ready. I don't think you made a terrible pick. but Just, like, knock this game out. I <laughs> I' think, I think the Giants are going to play better in this game. I think it's a great challenge for Daniel Jones in this offense. I think people have been slamming Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton, like, a little too much now. Each week, it's like... Look, Daniel Jones is out here and like his receivers are Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins. Last month, Isaiah Hodgins is a good player. I think he has a like a future in the NFL now that he wouldn't have had if he didn't get this opportunity. Like he's been more durable and consistent as sort of a possession receiver who can, who can win some one on one matchups in, in tight areas. And Darius Slayton's a good player. He's going to be a free agent this year. And it's like, why do they always bench Darius Slayton? I'm not saying this is a dynamic receiver group, but those two guys have stepped up. Daniel Jones has stepped up. Saquon's playing better. It's a tough matchup, though, for Evan Neal in this offensive line, which has struggled uh, against a good Colts defense. So I think it's the perfect setup. It's a challenging game for their offense, but ultimately a comfortable game for the Giants. And they can celebrate a playoff victory at home that would be pretty special for this team.
1: I know because of the nature of the season because it started so well and uh, they've been in <clears throat> you know, a, a precipitous decline with the exception of that Sunday night win over Washington, that it doesn't feel like that anymore uh, that they're having a good year. But if they win this game as they should, and I think they will, uh, it might not be pretty, but it very rarely is when when they win this game twenty to fourteen or whatever. Uh, and they are celebrating that playoff bit. That's a huge, um, that's a huge victory for the organization, uh, and uh, for the head coach and everyone in that building. Daniel Jones in a, a crucial year in his development and with his uh, uh, contract situation. Um, they, this is something that no one expected. Who predicted the Giants to make the playoffs this year? No, there
3: nobody. Were, there were ton, tons of reasons to not go down that road. And they're,
2: they're winning in, and just the way the NFC looks. They could lose and get in the way uh, the NFC looks, but I get it, get it done with. Well, the you
3: end. have no business losing this. I also think that you're playing a a Colts team that has found a way to become as broken as possible. I mean, you don't have Shaq Leonard or Jonathan Taylor at this point, but your offensive line, which was perceived to be a strength, is given up 56 sacks, and you put Nick Foles back there, who looked absolutely washed and awful on Monday night. So, I to me, it's like this is a great situation for Dexter Lawrence for our friend Kayvon Thibodeau to have... Is it Thibodeau? It is Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yes. Have a great game, and that won't help my
2: friendship with him. <laughs> uh, they they got uh, Adoree Jackson back at practice this week. I think this is it's important for the Giants. I think they've played a little better lately. Azizo Jalari, who h- injured last week, also was at practice, so they're getting healthier. They actually have a good defensive line. That's something they can build around.
1: There is, there is some outrageous uh, stats out there, and I was hoping I could find it uh, before you guys stopped talking, but you didn't you guys stopped talking too soon. Uh oh. Um but Do the- you want me
2: to talk again? I mean it's always an just option. Just John I know. Madden it, Dan.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it was just yeah, sure I will. Um the, the Colts, no, have been outscored an absurd amount of points in the fourth quarter under Jeff Saturday. And I know there's uh you know, a lot of people wanna to dunk on Saturday and dunk on the Colts operation for it, and I'm not here for that. But uh whatever the intended um what what was intended by Ursae here hasn't played out. It's actually led to kind of a little bit more embarrassment for the organization when they could have just installed someone from the coaching staff and ended the season with some level of modicum of grace. Instead, this feels like a circus, uh, and it's been just a, and they're a, keeping a Foles sad in, season. By the way, Oh that, my God. that was
2: news. Foles will start. Foles the, doesn't want to play. The last two games.
3: Foles also like basically had quotes saying he never expected to see the field this season on any level. So it's like. I'm assuming he's a hard worker, but it's like this is a bizarre reality for him to suddenly be thrust into this situation. The, the
2: thing I like the least about this Colts team is that they're putting Matt Ryan out to pasture with the worst ending possible, and they're putting mm. Super Bowl hero Nick Foles. Probably these are the last starts of his career. Come on. Insane. Uh,
1: India's been outscored 90-9 to nine oh. in the fourth quarter since the Eagles 90 to 90-9. Nine. Oh, well, there was that Dallas 33 points. Was know. that your nug, Gravedigger?
2: No, my nug is I'm locking up the Giants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That Texans beat the Jags this week and win next week. They have a chance to push Indy to fourth place in the AFC South. The sandwich prop is alive. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs>
3: Heady times.
1: <laughs> Pinch me. Uh, what does the desert say about that game, by the way? It's like a five-point spread. All right, let's move on. Mark, back to you.
3: All right, I'll go Cleveland at Washington. Uh, Obviously, Cleveland eliminated. Washington playing for a lot right now. And you're putting Carson Wentz back in there. I think Greg likes this move um, better than I do. Um, I don't have this innate trust in Carson Wentz, except I, that do I not. think that well, you were saying that you like you Heineke you call the worst quarterback in the league, which I don't think. I don't have that. any
2: innate trust in Carson Wentz, but I do like the move. I'm just I think it, I think the Carson, Carson Wentz, things. if
3: anything, it's like they did need they needed to get away from some of Heineke's trust. like self- Uh, inflicted wounds and the turnovers, and you just got to find a way to beat a Cleveland defense that I think you can run on. Washington wants to run the ball, and Cleveland's offense has, you know, not to go down this road over and over, but they've looked so disjointed that if you look at the worst two quarterback ratings, passer ratings in the league, the second worst is Zach Wilson. Somehow, the worst is Deshaun Watson, and it's looked that way, and my bigger issue with Cleveland's offense is that it has completely affected what their strength was, which is Nick Chubb. I mean, he just is not in the same situation as he was before. There's a lot of shotgun going on. Washington's defense is better. I think their offense with someone Ooh. like Jahan Dotson, who has seven touchdowns this season despite missing five games. He's become a big playmaker. You've got Terry McLaurin. You can move against this Browns defense. It's in Washington. Everything's on the line. I think this is Ron Rivera's the game. No, I'm not, but I, I think they're going to do it.
2: I thought you were going to do it. No. I can't believe the Browns have missed the playoffs nineteen I out just of twenty saw that years. There's a graph of if you watch us on YouTube, nineteen out of twenty years. This is a very or on win- NFL Network, Greg, or on NFL Network. Right. That's right. Thank you for saying a- that. Uh, this is a very winnable <laughs> game for them. But my thing with Wentz is that I think his floor is similar to Heineke, but Heineke was more or less consistent as who he was, and I think Wentz will give you that at worst, which is a couple decent plays and a couple plays that drive you absolutely crazy, and overall it's bad. But the better level of Carson Wentz, and we've seen plenty of it, including in Washington uh, this year, like even a, a good Wentz game or the good Wentz games you got from the Colts, Those are all better than the good Heineke games to me. So to me, the ceiling is higher. I don't think the floor is getting any lower. And I think it's really telling with Ron Rivera and a playoff spot on the line and new ownership Supposedly coming this offseason. This is riverboat Ron if there ever was one. This is as gutsy as a pick as there is, and he trusts Wentz. I'll I'll give it to him. And it does feel like, as we will. all
4: know, excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. This is it.
2: This is we, everything that we built up through the summer. <laughs>
1: Carson Wentz's uh, goal to take command on that private jet. Maybe one more take would have been good there. Um, <laughs>
3: he so wishes he never recorded. That. If he
1: doesn't play well. Um, or even if he does play well, he would have to play outst- outstanding football, I think. Otherwise, we're going to see a complete reboot of this organization, There's no way to bring back Carson Ownership, Wentz. maybe head coach, quarterback. Uh, I think a lot of changes. Hmm. For a team that's still in the mix, I think... There is that uh,
2: possibility he also, of a huge If they lost reboot. out, yeah, they're another team. Yeah.
3: If they lost out, it would be bad for Wentz because he lost two win-and-in games to close last year on a different team. So there's no way he'd stick around in Washington if that's the case. You've so got to win this game.
2: Chase Young returned last week and really looked like Chase Young, so they have a huge strength up front that'll make it harder on Cleveland. And this is a great game of, like, do stakes matter? We, we really get into, like, this team's going to try harder this week. Sloppy stakes. This is, uh, this is a perfect test case of, like, the Washington Commanders have everything on the line. They, they, The Browns do not. Their season is absolutely over. In two even teams, you would think that should be a difference. I don't know if that's a difference, but it should be for the I Commanders. Believe,
3: I think stakes matter a lot. It's if a if a human they matter, then the
2: Commanders
1: win this game. And perhaps perhaps uh, it could not be a more fitting way for Cleveland's season to to end than the way that game went last week. Amari Cooper slips wide open in the back of the end zone uh, to miss a surefire touchdown pass. That's a four-point play, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku both fail to come up with really good Deshaun Watson passes that would have uh, stolen that game and kept them in the mix, but it didn't. So it was just yet another um, bad and on, loss. And for on the, the Browns previous team drive, that they, lost they a
3: throw the games. ball on close to the end zone on second and two and third and two, and then Watson gets dropped to the ground on fourth and two. It's like what were you? Your I, identity I do think it'd has be changed.
2: Nice, I do think it'd be nice for the Browns, for Watson, to show some semblance of his talent in the last two weeks. I think they would love to see that. They but need that as like a narrative I mean, change.
1: To that point, if he gets a little help from his teammates, people are saying he had a good game last week, but he didn't.
2: But he doesn't look comfortable, kind of like I was talking about with Darnold yeah. previously in his career. Like, yeah, he, he could have made a couple throws that – I think anyone in that system could have made, but he isn't going through his progression. He's just not playing quarterback. And everybody's like, well, he's been out for two years. It's like, yeah, well, whose fault was that? Like, you knew that when you signed right. him. Well,
3: they went from fifth in yards <laughs> per game to 26, it sound, it sound from like set to
2: Watson. It's, he wasn't recovering from an a- a- ACL. He was recovering from something that
0: got him removed from the NFL. Truth,
1: truth. Let's take a break. We'll be right
0: back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring – Welcome back. All right, let's wrap this draft up. We got
1: five more games. Let's roll through it. Let's start with the New Orleans Saints at Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting. The Saints improbably still alive at six and nine uh, in the NFC South race. So this game matters a lot to them. And here are the Eagles now at thirteen and two. What do the Eagles need? What do they need to do? They got to clinch the number one seed. How do they do it? Win a game. Win a game. Who's the quarterback for the Eagles? What's the latest? Uh, As of taping right now, Greg Rosenthal, Jalen Hurts, is he going
2: to be on the field? He was on the field to start practice on Thursday, throwing some passes. They don't know what his official designation is, whether that means he's returning or not. But I do think our guy, Ian Rappaport put it out there on Wednesday that, like, keep an eye, Jalen Hurts might end up playing in this game. We have some sound from Nick Sirianni on
0: Jalen Hurts, who's a tough man. We will continue to see how how he progresses uh, throughout the week. Um you know, do, does he have a chance? Of course he does, because his body heals. His body just knows how to heal. He's, he's a freak. And so we'll see what happens as the as the week progresses. How
1: does his body heal differently from everybody
0: else? If you and him went up and you guys shot baskets together, he'd whoop you. If you guys went out and you guys raced against each other, he'd whoop you. If you guys went out and, uh, let's see, tried to throw the football so he was to throw it more accurate or further, he'd whoop you. I said, hope so. And so his body heals faster than
3: yours. Talking,
1: to, <laughs> a, talking you know, to a sports reporter. Here, yeah, I, was, you know. I, I guess I, he's just saying he's an athlete at a higher level, but I understand. Yeah. Yeah, anybody else notice a little uh, Kevin Patrick energy with Nick Sirianni? A little of that K-Pad I see energy. What you're, I see where you're coming from. A little that. bit. So, I mean, he's been talking about this for two weeks now, Sirianni, about what a freak uh, Hertz is. So I'm expecting him to play at this point because you don't just keep on talking about how tough a guy is and how he heals so quickly and then keep him out an extra week. So, if he does play, I think the Eagles roll in this game. If Gardner Minshew plays, maybe it's a little tighter. But either way, I think this is a game that Philadelphia is going to grasp the moment, understand they don't want to mess around and push this thing to Week 18 where things get freaky. I predict a blowout. Eagles are the number one seed in the you, NFC. Come Sunday night.
3: You also don't have Lane Johnson, so you're you're potentially with or without your starting quarterback. You don't have. It like, sounds like Lane Johnson will be back for the playoffs, though, which is that is a show of um, fortitude and strength as well because he's dealing with a. Peck injury, I and, think uh, it's, it's not, an
1: abdominal it, tendon injury. But yeah. and think about it: if if they take care of business here without Lane Johnson, they think he could be back by the playoffs. You have the buy, which means he misses essentially one game that matters, and you have him back if everything goes to plan in the divisional yeah. playoffs.
3: I would say that thing the thing that's optimistic, no matter what happens with all this, is that. Minshew against the cowboys um we, we thought he'd play well we i think Minshew has shown he can do that his, his numbers have been good career wise but they didn't have to go change the offense a lot for him i think it's like you, you don't have to cope to be something completely different hurts is going to obviously give you something on the ground and you can base an entire game's scheme around that if you want that's not going to happen with Minshew to some degree at all but he makes the throws i thought that i thought that for the the eagles offense is so balanced that you just need him to not make mistakes. What happened last week, I thought it was closer than it needed to be at times because Minshew did make a couple mistakes, so you need him to be
2: error-free. The Saints' defense has been played has played better lately. You know, they've, they've been a little closer to what you expected coming into the season, I would say, the last six or seven weeks. If Dennis Allen wants to uh, prove that he should stick around and that he's a great defensive coach and that this all was just a lot of bad luck because there were a lot of injuries, and there were... Uh, Let's see it. You shut down the Eagles, uh, then we'd believe it. I don't believe it. I am curious how the Eagles will respond here. They've only lost once all year, and you think, like, oh, they're going to come out with their hair on fire. Remember the last time they lost? They almost lost to the Jeff Saturday Colts. They were down 16-6, and they got it done in the end. But it's not like they came out playing great, and the Saints team is okay. Uh, I, I wanted to lock this up. This is, like, the lock that I feel the most confident in, but I looked at the line... Uh, Before we taped, it had just moved from six to six and a half. I kind of see with Hertz possibly starting, it'll move over that. So I I couldn't look in the mirror and do it. But just just know I think the Eagles will win this game about 34 to 10. Yeah. Even if Gardner is playing. Bye (laughs) bye. Yeah. It's it's been nice.
1: It's it's been annoying. See you next summer. (laughs) Uh, Next game. Snakes to me. Broncos at Chiefs. Uh, All right. Let's roll through this one. The Broncos, obviously a team in turmoil. They fired their head coach after dropping, uh, again, a 50-burger, dropped on them by uh, Baker Mayfield and the Rams. So that's where they're at. By the way, I was on Ricky's Ram Jam podcast uh, over in uh, Ramsland, Erica Tamposi, uh, yesterday. So check that out. And also, Ricky, going to join us on the Friday Fun Show this week. I did that show.
3: It's a delightful vehicle uh, coming out of Rams. A little
1: football, a little bit of fun. Yeah,
3: it's very Ricky-esque.
1: Very Ricky. Let's move on to the game talk. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to take care of business here. This is an easy win. It's almost been a weird uh, Chiefs back end of the season where I feel like the schedule's been
4: very soft.
1: And every week it seems like, they, you know, just let me take a look at this schedule because it feels like maybe I'm crazy. But let's look at it. So they had... They had a bad Rams team. They had Cincinnati lost by a field goal at Denver, at Houston, Seattle and flames, Denver, and then they get the Vegas. They With get Stidham. Vegas it and couldn't, It couldn't
2: possibly be easier.
1: So they should absolutely go 14-3, and three, uh, and then you just hope uh, that the Bengals beat the Bills, and voila, the Chiefs are the number one seed. I hope that doesn't happen because I don't think they're the best team in the AFC, hmm. but they
2: certainly have the best path. I I see these three teams in the AFC as like basically equal because only one of them has Mahomes. Maybe that, I'm sick of the Chiefs hosting yeah, the AFC Championship game. Maybe yeah, it's I as simple to, as I that. It's that. totally fair, and they would have the easier path. I think there are some things to watch for for them in this game and in the next two weeks. Number one, their defense like under Spagnuolo has shown a propensity to be very mediocre throughout the course of the season and then suddenly pick it up at the end. And Mm -hmm. so just keeping an eye on that. They did play well last week. Like, can they dominate this game coming to the the postseason, feeling a little more confident about who they are? And then their offense, look, they were first in the league in EPA, uh, expected points added right there, by so much. Like, number two was way behind. So their offense is still playing well. But if you look over the last six weeks or so, they're fourth in the league. And so they're back to just being, like, a really good offense – and I think to your point Dan for them to be the best team in the NFL they need to be the best offense. Okay. They need to be putting up points. They can't just be a top 5 offense. They have to get they can't back Can't be good, they got to be great. Exactly. They got to get back to just lighting teams up. So go put up 50 burger feel good about yourself.
3: They're legitimately a different attack than they were a year ago and it's it's Tyreek Hill. Uh, I mean Kelsey's on on pace to break his own personal career records. So he you still have Kelsey but they have Twelve players with multiple touchdowns, which is the most in the NFL. The record in the NFL is thirteen. Mahomes has been using his running backs and his tight ends so heavily this season that they're literally just a different attack. McKinnon's
2: I, been huge for them. Oh, I want to see more Kadarius Tony too. So they they got things to work on.
1: Uh, and just because I don't want to uh, denigrate at all what the Chiefs have done, it it is hugely impressive what they've done in the Mahomes era, starting in 2018. Twelve and four made it to the conference title game. Twelve and four won the Super Bowl. Fourteen and two lost the Super Bowl. Twelve and five lost the conference title game, and now twelve and three.
3: And they've beaten the Broncos fourteen straight times, which is an embarrassment for Denver. That's
1: why I'm locking it up. No, <laughs>
3: no, you're not.
1: <laughs> uh, Mark, you're up.
3: All right, going to go Jacksonville at Houston. Trevor Lawrence, speaking of weird records, has never beaten the Texans. Now, two of those games obviously happened last year when Lawrence and the Jaguars were mm-hmm. held hostage by Urban Meyer. Uh, I think we've already talked about Lawrence a ton, what's happening here is really special. I thought the Jets game was sort of in terrible weather. Another example of Trevor Lawrence, kind of like with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has, we always knew he could run, but his legs have been a real difference maker in that Kansas City offense. And I thought against the Jets, Lawrence showed that he has that element of his play too. He was in total control of the offense. Absolutely. And like, I think that's when it matters when you're, there are a lot of different type of running quarterbacks and it's not this type of size, but to be six foot six and you're watching it right here on the clip if you're watching NFL Network, like just to run the way he does with his power I think it's just something that is another special element to a player that at the beginning of the season was real up and down it's a Doug Peterson obviously bump as well the coaching helps but Trevor Lawrence it just seems to me ever since that London game which he noted where something clicked in his mind where it is time to become who you can become and I think they could beat any team in the league right now and I know the Texans have been really well coached a couple of weeks they they Push the buttons of the Chiefs. Not too too long ago, they've been winning winning games here and there. They're not just the team that we just dismiss out of out of hand. But Jacksonville, this is a huge moment for them. You got to set up that
2: week 18 game. Does this seem matter
1: for them? I know they're going to win this game, but could they lose it? It just comes and, down to
3: week
2: 18. It could doesn't it? matter because they still have an outside shot at the wild card okay. if they like, lose right. week 18. But ultimately, it's down to week 18. So really. Jacksonville doesn't need to win this game, and they've also lost nine straight as a franchise to the Texans.
1: Oh, yeah, there's that thing going. Got to change those
2: records, though. Just keep rolling. They've
1: been changing records all all year. Right. All right.
2: Uh, Anything else on that game, boys? I think the Texans are finding some young players. Jalen Petrie has been playing great for them. Obo Okoronkwo has made some money. He's going to be a free agent. The Jaguars made a point to say they're not going to rest any starters. Doug Peterson doesn't want to rest Like it. Anyone. Doug's old school. And, uh, yeah, this is a great streak to end. Nine straight losses is a lot. And like, they've ended a lot of these streaks, like, haven't won on the road, haven't done this, haven't done that. End this one because this will show T-Law's improvement. He was not good in that first game against the Texans at all. it has
3: got to be, like, 50% of the Houston's wins over the last, like, couple of
2: seasons. Nine straight
1: Texans. In Houston. And the fans all know this. Stay right where you are. There is one Number more thing. Number one pick right now. Don't win another game.
3: There is one more thing yes. to this game. Uh-oh. I'm locking up the Jaguars. Oh, wait. is he going to do it?
2: Is he going to do it? What? What's the spread on that one? It was quite oh, yeah mirror-ish.
3: It wasn't too I crazy. I wonder why.
1: Are they thinking that the Jags could rest some guys? I
3: think maybe they're maybe they're pointing to some of these bizarre... Houston Jacksonville trends that we've It's four.
2: I think the Texans uh, The way they've played over the last Month have uh, has engendered uh, When was the last time they didn't cover I guess would, would uh, Jackson was playing well
1: Though that's a good lock uh, Marky uh, By the way what is the uh, let's check in on the Lock standings where are we at as we head Towards the uh, penultimate week Of the regular season penultimate it does go Through the play. So. yes it does Basically, the final lock standings give Greg the trophy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm at 12-4. and four. I'm literally yeah, only close. one game up with eight weeks to go. I like this. This is like the old school NFL weeks.
1: standing 16-game schedule. Greggy, 12-4. Zeuser, 11-5. Mark, your name spelled right and the correct record? Is that?
3: Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know. That was a, sort of a gag that died out. I haven't seen that in a month. Yeah, since, like, I that's, don't know whoever, that's a tough
1: one. Uh, third place there at 10-6. The West Brothers hanging around at 9-7. and seven. And Gravedigger at this point, Gravedigger is in the Mike Tomlin camp. He's like, "Can I just finish over 500?" Mm.
2: Gravedigger, you know, honoring his team, the Titans, by being a seven-win team with a seven and ten team. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, let's uh,
2: move on, Uh, Greggy. Oh, we have games to go. Let's go uh, Rams and Chargers. The battle for LA. It's the battle for LA. I just said that. I (laughs) I just said it. Well, I just (laughs) backed it (laughs) up. Oh okay. We're just we're making it a thing. You should go The Showdown in the Southland. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I do like that these uh like the front offices don't like each other. Like I think the ownership like the, the War they,
1: on the West Coast.
2: There is a whole thing between the Rams and Chargers that's similar to Giants Jets back in the day when the Jets were a tenant of yep. uh the the Giants... That
1: creates and, a little bit of uh, heat.
2: Yeah, sure. the, so the Chargers... But well, when you
3: called it Giants Stadium, that would be a little bit of a slap well, in the face. Well,
2: make no mistake. The Chargers are tenants of the Rams, and uh, I'm sure they would love those Super Bowl rings. But right now, they're the toast of the town. They're the heavy favorite. They're the defense that over the last five weeks is a top five defense in terms of DVOA, and they can snuff out this Baker Mayfield story. I love what Brandon Staley's done. I really think he's, he's kind of change what he does on a week-to-week basis in a Belichickian way, and I think the players finally get it. Like, they understand the defense enough, and he's being able to coach it enough that they can be flexible about who they did. They designated Joey Bosa to return off IR. That just means he's practicing. Doesn't mean he's playing in this game. Get him ready for the playoffs. But what a great sign for this team. Derwin James is in the concussion protocol, so it sounds like he probably won't play.
3: It is I mean it does help that I think Sean McVay knows Brandon Staley's defense. I think that in other situations worked for him last week. Exactly. The like Broncos. when he's familiar with the defensive coordinator, it that, what happened last week, like I know that like the Baker Mayfield thing, it's not unlike Sam Darnold to me. At least a month ago, we were wondering if Baker Mayfield, because of his sort of personality makeup, he wouldn't be a backup. He'd be creating problems. Like he's changed his career with this whole Sean McVay thing, and I think it's changed the Rams end of their season. And he was like twenty three of twenty six under pressure last week with two touchdowns. So it's working, and they have all their stars out. So I think it's, it's you know, I, I would heavily favor the Chargers in this, but what the Rams did against the Dolphins was uh, real to mm. me.
2: They, they match up well because Akers is really playing with juice. He's changed his uh, trajectory over the last couple of weeks. Like He looks fantastic, and I do think you can run against the Chargers.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if I'm Baker, I know if you finish the season strong, you're going to want to test the market and see if maybe there's a I'd starting I'd stay job. right here. I, I agree. I think maybe there's a case to be made for him staying in L.A., play behind the old man quarterback, and uh, you're probably going to get an o- another opportunity. Now, whether he, he takes the long game, or I assume the Rams would be interested in staying in business
2: with him, he finishes strong. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see
1: how that plays out. Um, if McVay,
2: if they could win this game, it's kind of like their Super Bowl. They would love to beat the freaking Chargers. Yeah. They would love to beat them.
1: Yeah, and, and on the Chargers side of this, you know, the Chargers – are an interesting team is that they're a playoff team. And as a fan of a star crossed team, I like when a team takes care of business the way they did against the bad Colts last week, just clinch the playoff uh, spot and don't let any of the demons into the building. And now you have a chance against the Rams team that I know they, they destroyed the Broncos who obviously have all sorts of issues, but they're the, they're not a good team this year. And then they're at Denver who were the team that the Rams destroyed they can go into the playoffs feeling really good, potentially at 11 and six, and uh, be a hard out with Justin Herbert in his first playoff game. So that I think there's incentive for the Chargers to keep rolling here while resting uh, the guys that are banged up. Uh, finally, Cardinals. And we mean finally,
2: Cardinals. Falcons. This is the one dead game you referred to. There's only one this week. This is a this trash is bag it. game.
1: This is trash bag uh, teams yeah. right now, and oh. uh, it's it's
2: tough. It is it is what it is, though, Greggy. I uh, watched the little Hard nice. Knocks. Um, there's a lot of Colt you, McCoy involved. Yeah, I don't know. It just is so depressing that I just thought, how are they going to handle this thing with kindness?
1: I bet we got a lot of J.J. Watt, or is that next week's finale? Well, I guess be, so. Perfectly Good, set up. I
2: was curious about that, too. I, I got to fast forward some of it, but they, uh, they didn't know he was going to retire, clearly, because they didn't have anything extra. It's been a lot of... Uh, Trey McBride going to Denver. It's been Colt McCoy. A lot of Colt McCoy. Uh, I, I've I've enjoyed parts of it, but it's sad. It is sad. I love Vance Joseph. That's the one thing uh, that this thing has made me feel. I want. I kind of want them to win just for the hard knock sake of it. Win a game. This they're miserable. I think everyone's. I think it's, there's gonna be turnover in the coaching staff, and just get one win to go out on at least. Yeah,
3: I mean, they, they put Buda Baker on IR, which it sounded like, you know, we thought he was hurt before and he suddenly was healthy days later. But I, I thought it was interesting Chandler that Jones, Cliff yeah.
2: Kingsbury – He finished that game, too, and made a tackle right on the goal line against the Bucks like, with a broken shoulder. That dude is crazy. It's
3: not a great look for <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury to not even know that J.J. Watt was going to retire. Am I reading too much into
2: that? That feels yes, like a weird – you're reading too much. Why? That's a like it's a personal decision, and – I don't know. J.J. J. Watt did it how he wanted to do it. I'm not going to – blame um, the coach on that. Yeah, it, I mean? it just seems very Cardinals-esque to have no concept.
1: I feel like nothing matters with the Cardinals right now. With the Falcons, at least you could point to Desmond Ritter was a day two draft pick um, in a bad cu- quarterback draft class. I would imagine the Falcons would be very active uh, looking at quarterback options in the off season. Could Desmond Ritter with a couple good games at the end of the season change their minds? I know it seems silly. Oh, who cares what happens in the last two meaningless games of the season? But teams do put Stock into that. Uh, commander sure. played well, it's, and
2: it's good tape to look at. He played a little better. I'm not saying it's worthless, yeah. but sometimes I think they like almost teams put, put too much. Into I think these. they overdo yeah. it.
3: Like coaches save their jobs by a, a great week 17 or week 18. Sometimes. So they're
2: fourth and sixth in uh, the draft order right now. So that's what matters in this Got, game. They can get yeah. some nice tight ends there. You know, get another wide receiver, I think another tight
3: end. F- no, we're good on that front.
1: Um, all right, we're good. There you go. That is the week 17 preview. Check back in. Uh, on Sunday night when we do our flagship podcast on ATN and cover every game that we just previewed here. Thank you. Uh, and remember the Friday Fun Show. Check that out. And uh, five shows a week. We do it all. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Heat the call.